So, Gary, if I started today out by saying, I've been reading an interesting book, <laughs> would that surprise you? No, that would not surprise me. I'd say, well, what's new today? <laughs> what's, what's different today about any other exactly. day? Exactly. I, I start lots of conversations with that. But this book, and I think I've mentioned it to you before, it's called IBM and the Holocaust. Now, it's mm. been out since the early 2000s. I'm finally just getting around to reading it. Mm. Um, and it's like 500 pages long. Oh, so, so it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. But uh, and, and 50 plus pages of just tiny, tiny footnotes and, you know, where they got the information. But, you know, the whole point in, in, in reading this book is that you realize when you read this, and most Americans don't know this, um, is Hitler could not have so efficiently murdered six million Jews, as well as millions of other people, without the express cooperation of IBM at mm. that time. Wow. And people, it's a stunning, it's a stunning read. Um, and even to this day, IBM denies that they knew that it was happening. And it was actually impossible for them to, to not deny because the way the company was set up at the time, they created these, let's just say it's the precursor to the computer, mm -hmm. kind of a tabulating machine that could track people. It was used for censuses around the world, including the U.S. And so they would take us, they took a census in Germany and they could ask and punch into these little cards, these punch cards, every single bit of information about any person, where they lived, what their occupation was, what their religion was, what their race was, who their grandparents were, every single thing, where they lived, what block they lived on, everything. So you wonder sometimes, how was Hitler so efficient? And how could he just murder so many people? It was because of that technology of IBM. And IBM could not even... They can't deny it because they literally had those machines, even in concentration camps, mm. literally, and they had to be serviced by IBM technicians. So they knew. They, they were knew. There. They were there all yeah. the time. And they were sensitive, so they needed servicing. Uh -oh. And every single punch card, and each punch card represented a person, okay, and tracked a person, had to be bought from IBM. Unbelievable. It's again the marriage of tyranny and technology that we've, we're witnessing today. You know, I had heard about this this involvement, but I've never read the book either. And uh, I know that it had to be the very early stages of the punch card technology. And I remember seeing pictures, I think probably at Yad Vashem. Yes, that's exactly that. where it was. Yeah. And, 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 uh, well, actually, you know, the one it was at, there was actually the... The actual machine was at the Holocaust Museum in D.C. In D.C., that's yes, where I saw yes, it then. Yes, in okay. D.C. Yeah. Sat there for a few years before people even really kind of asked, what, what, yeah. what's going on with that? Okay, that must be where I saw that's it, too. Where, and that's where I saw it, too. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so it makes you think. You look at this, and you're like, how could literally thousands of these employees in IBM around, employed around the, the, the globe, basically, but in Nazi Germany and, okay, and in America, how could they be complicit in that? How could they let this happen? They knew what their cards were being used for and their machines were being used for. It, it was, it's insane. It's yeah. just insane. Yeah. And so, you know, I, you may have remembered, and we may have talked about this. I was sitting once in an audience, and um, the the performer was um, uh, performing as if she was Corey Ten Boom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, actually, yeah, I had them at our church when, okay, I, when I was okay. pastoring, yes. Okay, so <laughs> she asked a question at one point. She looks out in the audience. She goes, there's about 400 people here, which was about right, the size of the church. And she goes, how many of you do you think uh, statistically, according to historical statistics, would have responded by helping the Jews in mm. a crowd this size. Mm. And so people are raising their hand and giving different numbers and stuff. And she looked out at us and she said, zero. Oh my. Zero. None of you in a crowd this size, okay, uh, statistically would have responded. And that was out of 400 people. Now, I don't remember what the stats actually were, but I remember being stunned by that. And because all of us always kind of ask that question, why didn't the German people stop it? Why they saw those trains going by? Why, why didn't they do something? How could you not do something? So that's the question I want us to kind of look at today. And I want our audience to, 
um, to think about that. This very question, if you had lived in Nazi Germany, would you have tried to save the Jews? So after that, after this brief message, let's talk about your answer and let's talk Torah. Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, some of you may or may not know that I have a uh, master's in clinical psychology, and basically it's been worthless to me, but it does, <laughs> <laughs> it, it does kind of um, explain some of my interests okay, in psychological phenomenon, so maybe that's why I'm particularly interested in today's topic. Mm. You know, I, I find this not just issues of individual psychology, but really group psychology, yeah. I find fascinating. Because yeah, I don't understand it usually. Yeah, uh, I'm getting to understand it more and more as we go. Uh, it's, I've been reading some things uh, since you brought up this topic that, that seem to tie in, but maybe we'll get into that a little Ex later. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's been all sorts of recent, like, waves of psychological disorders going mm -hmm. on. You know, first of all, we, we we've been dealing with this whole thing with all of these young girls who all of a sudden want to transition to being boys. Mm. Okay, this, this it's almost like a contagion. Like if there's one in a classroom, then there's five in a classroom. And my daughter experienced that in a dance class once. Mm -hmm. Literally, one girl shows up and says she's transitioning, and by the end of the, the class, a few weeks later, there's five girls mm -hmm. who said they're all transitioning. Transitioning. It's yeah. like a, a contagious disease. Yeah, my, my nephew recently graduated from high school, and he said he experienced the same thing in the band class. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you've got that, and then I just I just watched a, a video, and I never get on TikTok, and I doubt you do either, mm. but um, crazy stuff happens on TikTok. Yeah. Okay, so one of the latest crazy things on TikTok is all these kids identifying as having multiple personality disorders. Wow, that's crazy. Like, what? You know, rare. Some people even dispute if that even exists. And but extremely, extremely rare. Now we've got millions of kids they're identifying or watching these videos and commenting on it as if they identify. And you're like, what? Are you, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It does seem that way. I, you know, it's funny. I, I just, I'm, I'm laughing because the other day I was out for a run and a, and a Ford truck went by and it had a, a, a window sticker on it says, I identify as a Chevrolet. I mean, <laughs> that's how ridiculous it is. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess whatever mm. you want to identify as, I'm going to be tall, young, beautiful, <laughs> wealthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, as long as we're doing that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, okay, so there seems to be these mass psychological phenomenons happening, and you're like, what, what is happening? How do we explain this? So I'm going to talk a little bit just to kind of help the audience um, understand this. Oh, and first, before I go any further, some of you may have noticed that I'm, I'm my voice is a little more raspy than usual. It's always got that kind of sexy raspy. <laughs> I can at least say it like that. Yeah. But um, uh, so I've been fighting off a cold, and 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 Gary, you had too. And it's yeah. been such a, such a while since we've done a last podcast between uh, the holidays yeah. and uh, weddings. I had two weddings. Right. My daughter got married, and then you put on a roof. I put on a barn roof. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so it's it's, it's been a busy you time. Were sick. Yeah, and then uh, we were getting ready and uh, to do this podcast, and my voice kind of got got worse, and I was like, "I am bound and determined." Well, listen, Bonnie Tyler made an entire career out of her voice. So oh, you, exactly. you just you just okay. use it, girl. I feel good. I feel good. So, uh, just explaining, <laughs> I I do have a hot toddy, so to speak, sitting here with me. So I will be drinking on that today too. But anyway, just to help the audience um, understand this phenomenon that we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm wondering if you've ever heard of people who like undergo surgery and instead of using like a general anesthesia, they, they use um, hypnosis. Mm -hmm. I, I'd heard of that before. Yes, I have. 
yeah. it seems almost impossible. It, you would think so, but you know, I got thinking about it when you you mentioned it, and and you know how many t- how many people have been on a, uh, a highway and uh, they get a form of highway hypnosis, driving down the road, and then you forget miles and miles and miles has gone by, and you don't you you know, kind of kind of snap back to it and realize, oh my gosh, you know. That's happened to me, and that's actually terrifying. There you go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Exactly. It's highway hypnosis. <laughs> highway hypnosis. Yeah. Well, so, so you know, hypnosis isn't like you're going into a trance. It's actually a super focus. You're super focusing mm-hmm. on something, focusing to the point that other stimuli do not distract you. Exactly. That's what hypnosis is. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not like some kind of funky trance or something. It is a funky trance, I guess. <laughs> okay. But it's a super hyper focus. Right. Okay. So, um, so like you said, all of us have been caught, even I can be watching a good movie. I get accused of this a lot by my husband. And uh, he'll come in and try to say something to me. And then he's like, you're not listening to me. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and all of us have done that. Well, we all have. I mean, yeah, you you put your mind on something. It's like it's putting your finger on the button and just holding it there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So so that's happened to everybody. But most of us think of hypnosis as a kind of individual activity mm-hmm. more than a group activity um until recently until recently <laughs> so could a group of people the question is could a group of people get so focused on a singular object or a singular stimulus a singular problem even that they're oblivious to other competing mm. external conditions truths and so forth um and then if they're so focused, just like with uh, going to see a, a hypnotist, would they be suggestible? Is that the word? Could open someone to open to suggestion? Yes. That's the word I'm looking for. Open to suggestion from someone who uh, wants to give them a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Okay, would that be possible? And and it seems like the answer is yes. If yes. you look at psychology, yes, yeah, I believe there's a lot of research being done on that, and I think there's some related research that. Uh, that uh, opens uh, up to the case, especially with, well, we're going to get into this, this whole yes. idea about COVID. Well, they call it, they call it, it has a name in psychology. Mm-hmm. It's called mass hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not too complicated. Right. Um, some call it mass hypnosis, uh, uh, this is like a psychosis. Or but mass formation Mass psychosis. formation, sorry. Yeah. Mass formation. Yes, I think okay, that's thank you. That's the term I'm looking for. Mass formation, yes. I'm going to blame this hot toddy. We'll clarify. We're okay, talking about mass, mass formation. formation. Okay. And some so, call it mass formation psychosis. psychosis. Yes. Thank you, thank Dr. you. Dr. Malone, in for, thank to, be, you, to be exact. Thank you, okay. So mm-hmm. it, basically it works the same way as a person mm-hmm. being hypnotized, okay? The, that this group, a group, gets so hyper-focused on something, Mm -hmm. just like this person having surgery, okay, gets hyper-focused because they're hypnotized, they don't even notice that someone's cutting into their flesh. Right. You know, they don't notice those kinds of things. Which is quite remarkable. It's quite remarkable. You know, sometimes it's known as crowd psychology, um, and it's really just the study of how individuals are influenced by crowds, and we Mm -hmm. all know that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. we absolutely know that's yeah, true. Yeah, mob, mob mentality is a, is a well-known fact. And, uh, of course, we call it groupthink today. Exactly. Um, but you would do, people have done and will do things in a crowd that they would not normally do Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, um, I, so there's been some talk recently, and many of you in the audience have probably heard some of this, um, about what's been going on with the pandemic over the last couple of years. And could some of the behaviors be explained by this mass formation concept in, mm-hmm. in psychology? Now, uh, Joe Rogan, most famous, okay, did a podcast with Dr. Robert Malone, exactly. who you just mentioned, okay? Yes. And he's mm-hmm. the inventor of the mRNA uh, technology that's used in the uh, COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And now he's been pretty vocal. Uh, he, he He's not necessarily against the vaccine, but he's obviously against vaccine mandates. Exactly. And he's concerned. He's very about, clear about that. He's very clear. And he's um, and he's also concerned about vaccinating children. Mm-hmm. OK. And what's is that potentially harmful? And, and what's wrong with asking that question or having those concerns? That's that's the issue. Well, here. so wrong that <laughs> there's been calls to take Joe Rogan right. off of all the all plat to deplatform right. Joe Rogan. Yeah, OK. This is- I mean, the most popular podcast podcasting host ever 
and and they people want to take him off because they right. disagree with something that somebody on his show yeah. said. But our, our audience just recognize tyranny when it's happening. Uh, these little baby steps that have led to you know, the idea that you could actually take someone off the air just for having an opinion. An opinion, an, an, uh, unbelievable. You know, so uh, Dr. Malone, and I've I've actually listened to him on a few different podcasts, but he says that there's some stages, okay, that groups go through mm-hmm. toward mass formation, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the first one, he calls it submergence. And it's a place, it's the, it's the stage where people lose their individual identity. You just mentioned groupthink, right. okay, that kind of idea. But when you lose your individual identity, you often tend to lose morality-based thoughts and ideas and behaviors like you don't feel guilt mm. as much you you're less likely to self-evaluate mm. uh, you lose empathy these are key human uh, right. uh, emotions characteristics behaviors that modify our behavior in good ways mm-hmm. okay but when you're part of a crowd those tend to fall by the wayside that's kind of scary it's very scary and it's 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 very anti Jehovah anti-god um, you know he is the one who instilled within us uh, because through his word what morality is what is right and wrong and if you if, and I will just open it up right now because I believe that's where all this is coming from is from from the enemies of our soul who who are who don't don't want us understanding right or wrong don't want us to understand the torah don't want us to 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 see see the difference between right and wrong or the the difference between what god has has laid out as uh the 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 plan of creation i mean all of this is in the face of that plan absolutely Absolutely. And, and, and yes. And so if you take away morality, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. This effort to, we've talked before, cancel God. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, I think, I think it ties together. And that's my point is it yes. all ties it together. It all ties together. Yeah. There is nothing is happening right. in isolation or in a vacuum. Exactly. As they say. When you, when you start taking away, you know, you changing pronoun, the war on pronouns, you know, mm-hmm. and changing identity uh, or, or everybody's the same, taking away your individual identity, then you, you are in a, uh, a much easier place to to bring about this group think. Oh, absolutely. So, so first stage, she says, is this um, uh, removing this kind of individual identity, and then you create a kind of group identity. And he said the second stage is something called contagion. Okay, like the word contagious. Okay, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's a phase phase where ideas and emotions are spread. Kind of like a uh, contagious disease, usually instigated by some influential leader, someone mm-hmm. who's who's is out there saying, "Okay, this is how we should think," or "This is how we should feel." They may not be saying it exactly like that, okay, but it's something that people trust. Maybe out of fear, uh, they run to someone, an expert, maybe of some sort. So this idea then of these um, ideas spreading, mm-hmm. okay, like a contagious disease, then that leads into a stage where they call what they call suggestion, where then uh, the, the phrase where the group has developed kind of a, it's a wild concept, a shared unconscious, right. okay, and which affects their decisions and feelings. So I, it's not that I don't believe that, I, that it has exists in other ways. I do believe kind of in a shared unconscious, but um, this is now the group thinking, once again, related to that group think and doing things kind of all in lockstep. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't like that word, lockstep. I understand. <laughs> Goose-stepping. Goose Goose-stepping, exactly. Not not good. And, and at this stage, the group is highly open to suggestion. Yeah. Highly open to suggestion. You know, speaking of goose-step, uh, I've been giving this some thought since you brought it up as well. And there's a concept that I think is related, a, a psychological concept, research that was done hundreds of years ago, actually. And you've probably heard of it. I'm sure you have. Imprinting. Remember remember the doctor? I believe his name was uh, Con, Conrad Lorenz. In fact, it was. And he 
he's using uh, waterfowl. I think it was a yeah, form ducks. of geese. Geese, yeah. 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 And he, he, he hatched them with the mother hidden away from them. And he became the first, he was the first thing they saw. And so you're talking about open for suggestion. They, they, they were open, they were looking, and here he was, and he marched around the laboratory and they followed him. You talk about, you know, goose stepping or lockstep. Yes. They all followed him. And then even when he introduced the true mother, it was too late. They were locked into oh, him. That's okay, amazing. so imprinting. I and we'll talk. I think we'll talk Is more that about. Where this. they get the phrase "goose stepping"? Does it come from the? Probably goose? not. <laughs> but I think uh, there, I think I used it as a segue, and it's related. It could be related. It's related. <laughs> but I'm thinking we'll we'll relate it too as we yes. go here to the when we get to the church because I think there's been a Christian imprinting as well. And this, but this, I think, is very related. Related because think about COVID for a moment. We talk in terms of BC, right? Before COVID, everything before COVID was this way. Everything after COVID was another way. There's your birth. There's your Im- immediate imprinting. Everything that we were told at the time at the beginning of COVID has proven basically to be wrong. So we've introduced the truth. But everybody's already been imprinted and acting the same way. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I just it, thought of that this morning. Because what I was just gonna, <laughs> what I was just gonna say, and it's even right here in my notes, is that the idea that these su- suggestions remain very strong and effective, even when they prove to be wrong. There you go. When they prove they are proven to be a lie. You can't get rid of them. You can't. And so I think these psychological phenomenons are related. Exactly. You know, we, uh, we, we op- I started by talking about, you know, Nazi Germany. And really, many would say that that example of Nazi Germany and what was happening in the late 1930s, 40s was probably one of the best examples of mass formation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, because we've all wondered how do all of as, uh, these German people go along with this? Okay. They don't, they see what's happening. But what if they were so hyper-focused, a leader got them so hyper-focused, look over here, to ignore everything else you're seeing, don't look at the man behind the, don't look at the, don't look at the uh, boxcars driving through your town, right, you know, right. full of these miserable people, mm-hmm. uh, focus here, focus here, you know. Yeah, I and and it's sadly, uh, I alluded to a moment ago the, the the church going along with this, but that was a product of conditioning, I believe, uh, starting with the Catholic Church, and and um, and this is well known historic fact, and the Protestant Church is culpable just as well. Um, Adolf Hitler actually said after he made his treaty with the Vatican in Rome, he said, "I am only continuing the work of the Catholic Church." And I'll just, if you would, just uh, uh, bear with me for Yuck. a moment. Uh, I'll give you some examples because I don't want to leave our audience with that statement without giving examples. Um, there was a prohibition of intermarriage uh, and sexual intercourse between Christians and Jews by the Synod of Elvira in 306, right? Well, we can right, lay right beside that the, the law to protect the honor of German blood that was passed in September 15th, 1935. I'll give you another one. Jews and Christians not permitted to eat together. Synod Elvira AD 306. Uh, the Jewish the Nazi policy, Jews barred from dining cars, December 30th, 1939. Okay, a um, couple more. Burning of the Talmud and other books, 12th Synod of Toledo, AD 681. Nazi burning of books. We all know it's well documented. We see it in the, vid- in the movies or videos that they took themselves. Um, one more, the marking of Jewish clothes with badges, Fourth Lateran Council, A.D. 1215. And then, of course, the decree in September 1st, 1941, forcing all Jews to wear the yellow star of David. Nothing, it, nothing new. Nothing new, but you see the conditioning. And then you get a charismatic individual. You have these, all these conditions that you just laid out, but the minds of the people where of the people who should have been able to or w- willing to or desirous to resist were not. They were conditioned to go along with it. So you have these uh, conditions in place, yes, and then I like what you said, the people who should have known better, basically, yes. had been conditioned not to, had been given bad information, had been whatever it was, they, they'd been conditioned um, to accept that. 
They have. And, and it wasn't just the Catholic Church, as I mentioned. I'll be an equal opportunity insulter here. But Martin Luther uh, basically, I mean, here's a quote from him. Uh, he, he says, talking about the Jews, when you see a real Jew, you may with good conscience cross yourself and boldly say, there goes the devil incarnate. And he promoted the same policies, political power, um, uh, you know, pro programming the, the Christians from society to be influenced, influenced to raise synagogues if they, they were to see him burn them down, destroy Jewish homes, confiscate their books, uh, banning Jewish religious practice and, and exp uh, appropriating Jewish monies. Uh, even deporting Jews, there you go. Right, deporting. Exactly. What, what? What? How did it start? Exactly. Yes, uh, separating them, placing them in ghettos, ta right. you know, taking them to camps or whatever. Right. right. Exactly. You know, you and I can talk about uh, the German, what happened in Germany, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk some more. Um, I, I think a lot of people are very reluctant to draw parallels. Probably. They're very reluctant to draw parallels to, um, to things that we might see in our society today that might be similar. But you just pointed out how so very important it is to look at parallels. Yes. Because you were looking at things that happened in the early, early church history that then happened again in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why couldn't similar things happen? Why again? couldn't? I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. Right now, the day we're, we're uh, recording this, there's an, uh, a pending invasion of Ukraine by, by Russian troops, right? Right. Well, what did, what did Putin recently do to set things up? He just gave 500,000 passports to those who, uh, he, they, they, um, when they took Crimea, they made uh, Russian citizens out of, of those, um, those people. And they did that same thing in the, uh, in the east, the Donbass region. 500,000 passports making them Russian citizens. Why? so that he could claim that he's protecting Russian interests if he invades. Who did that before? In 1938, this is what, what uh, Hitler did in the Sudetenland. He, com he claimed that the, he was protecting German interests. Absolutely, yes. It's the, yes, same, it's the same thing. thing. It's absolutely the same thing. So um, it is wisdom to look back Absolutely. at these things, okay? It's not conspiratorial. No. It's wise to look back and then to do what we can to speak against so that these things don't happen because uh, human nature doesn't change. That's correct. Unfortunately. No, you know? and we, and we and don't learn And the progressive idea is that human nature does change, okay? <laughs> but, but we know it doesn't. We know it doesn't. Yes. It's, it's, it, in fact, it's digressing. Exactly. Back to, it seems to. To, to the days of Noah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I both recently mm -hmm. watched a podcast with a clinical psychologist, uh, Mattias Desmet, mm -hmm. and he was talking about mass formation in relation to COVID. And he said that there were con there's been conditions that he thinks make... Uh, uh, mass formation quite um, possible, okay, related to COVID. The first was a lack of social bonding or isolation, mm. okay, so um, during lockdowns, everybody's isolated. We need right. people, God created us to, to be with other We're people, okay, yes. we're very, very social creatures. Um, even the concept of social media is not social. Mm. We all know how many times you look around a restaurant, there's four people sitting at a table, instead of talking to each other, they're all looking at their phones. There's nothing social about that. No. Okay, so we've had this, um, we've been isolated from, from each other in that way. Also, he said, there's the, the condition where people experience life as meaningless. The reason that we experience life as meaningless, one of the reasons is the government took away things that were meaningful to us, work for mm -hmm. instance, okay, gathering with our families at holidays, right. you know, going to church or gathering with a, you know, synagogue or something like that. Those are all the things that give life meaning. Mm -hmm. Okay. You take those away and people don't know, they don't have the meaning. Those things are so critical. They are critical. And I would say their attitude that is people don't have a relationship with their creator, then these things being taken away is like devastating. It's absolutely Whereas devastating. you and I have the ability to to call on our, our joy and our peace from that relationship with the with the living God. Um so many don't. It, and yes. and so you take you take this take these meaningful experiences or uh, opportunities. And, and what away, do you have left? Nothing. You know, everybody's yeah. binge watching shows on TV. 
do oh, that. There's the no worst, meaning in the that. The worst response. The worst have. response. Okay, mm-hmm. but that's what most people are are doing, mm-hmm. right? So then there's the third concept of what do you call it? Free floating anxiety. Oh my gosh. Thanks to the media, okay, social mainstream media, and to our leaders, we we have to be anxious about everything, okay? Mm. We don't even know exactly what we're afraid of. Like, you know, could a pin that I'm using at a bank <laughs> give me COVID, okay? Yeah. You know, can I ride my bike down the street without a mask? You know, <laughs> should I visit grandma mm. for her birthday? This There's this free-floating yeah. fear and anxiety, and we're not exactly sure who or what we're supposed to be afraid of. We're just afraid of everything. Right, you know? and, and reminder... That's the imprinting. That's what we heard first with COVID. And I believe that fear is what's stuck. And that's what people oh, are. Yes. That's what the, the people are following something right now. It's the fear. Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then he said the fourth condition is what he called free floating frustration and aggression. Once again, we many people are feeling anger but we don't know who to address our anger towards. Mm. Should we be afraid of China, of the, of the Wuhan lab? Is it our president? Is it our governor? Is it the person who doesn't have the mask on? Who, where, where do we direct this anger? Who's this? What's the source? What you know? What's causing this? It's it it it's it's all this confusion, okay, and mm. all these emotions running around. And so, Doctor Matt Mattias suggests that when these four conditions exist if any any narrative is distributed through the mass media identifying an object of the anxiety and providing a strategy to deal with that object then mass formation can thrive so listen to that again if any narrative is distributed through the media identifying an object of your anxiety a cause of your anxiety and a way of dealing with it, a strategy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, then mass formation can can happen. That's exactly what has happened, and that strategy has failed us. Yes, exactly. So what we've got here for COVID, the object of the anxiety has quickly, okay, coalesced around the unvaccinated, okay? Mm-hmm. Even our president says, you know, this is a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, okay? So the strategy is super hyper-focused, there's that hypnosis thing, on getting everybody vaccinated, Mm -hmm. okay? Nothing else. Right. No other way of dealing with it. No other way of alleviating the problem. No other solution. No other solution. And even though, and Dr. Malone pointed this out, I believe on the very video that we watched, that Israel and the other countries that were the had the maximum amount of people vaccinated were dealing with the highest amount of new exactly. cases. Exactly. So like I said earlier, it so doesn't matter if information comes in to right. say that this is wrong, that people hold on to it. You know, it, it just like Nazi Germany, okay, the object of the anxiety was the Jews, and the strategy was exterminating them. Mm. And that's what Hitler got everybody to focus on, okay? And so what happens is when you have a strategy like this, you kind of gives the masses kind of a a connection to a heroic struggle, okay? Mm. You know, like we have, um, you know, meaning and purpose, and we're going to fight this and overcome this. That's exactly right. It's a feeling that a lot of people like. It's not necessarily a bad thing unless it's used like this. Exactly. Okay, you know? Um, So I think it's, it's that kind of idea of connecting into something bigger, you know, kind of thing and purpose. And, um, that's definitely what Hitler tapped into. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, a common enemy is a is a very uh, a very powerful tool, and that was one of the things that he had to do. They he he painted the Jews as the cause of all Germans' woes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And everything that happened after the war and everything yeah. everything was blamed on the Jews. Right. And you know when you create a strategy, okay, even like with COVID, it it allows people to feel like they have some control over mm. a situation. We all want control. 
We yeah. don't want to feel like, you know, we're out of control. It's such a false goal, though. Exactly. <laughs> we have no control over anything, but I, it definitely is a human desire right. to want to feel like we do. Yes, there's been things in my life that have happened recently that you know, and I've realized, like, whoa, I have control over nothing, nothing. okay? <laughs> Except for my own behavior. That's yes, what we've always that's said. That's all we have. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Um, so I heard, we were listening to one of those podcasts, and I, I loved what this one guy said. He goes, the strategy, okay, that we're talking about, all right, that, that it's developed, it doesn't have to work. It doesn't even have to make sense. It almost works like some kind of bizarre religious ritual, there like a go. rain dance or some kind of sacrifice, you know, mm. uh, to a god um, that it may not make sense to do it. Right. But if it if this has all been elevated to some type of a religious kind of mm-hmm. uh, idea, then you do that because this is my sacrifice. And in this case, you're not sacrificing fruits and vegetables or an animal or a child or something like that. You're sacrificing your personal freedom and your bodily autonomy. Yeah. That's what I'm giving up into to the, this into, God. You're, you're, to throwing it into the proverbial volcano for exactly. the, to, to the angry gods. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So in doing this, you are signaling, we call it virtue signaling, okay? Mm-hmm. But you're signaling to everybody that that you've subsumed your personal needs to the needs of the collective. Right. Okay. And so you get some kind of honor out of that. Mm. People do feel honor. Gary, you and I have talked about all the people who posted number one, everybody who posted when they got vaccinated. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? I don't care what you do. Mm. It's like, you know, I had a colonoscopy today. Let's <laughs> post that. Come on. I get it if that's what you want to do. But right. then for everybody to post it, I think there was, I don't even know what Facebook calls that thing where you could put that on yeah. your profile. You get a little picture that says, I've been vaccinated. Yeah, you know. Do. And then the, oh, that mayor, governor of New York, she she got a gold necklace that said vaccinated. Yeah, vax, or something, yeah. Yes, you know? she did. I'm like, really? <laughs> so there is a sense of honor. I, I totally have seen that. Yes, in people. I agree. And, I, I have too. Yes, and people are announcing it and and being totally vaxxed or or yeah. That's in fact, what, what did we just uh, uh, hear recently that Tony Fauci says we're not going to use uh, uh, totally vaxxed or, or or something similar to that term. And now it's up to date. Up to date because there'll never be an end to the boosters absolutely. at the rate that they're going. All absolutely. Right, so so and, and and that strategy makes absolutely no sense. There's no. nothing. Now that every day we're getting to new news, I just was listening on the way up with some of these states putting in more draconian measures when, you know, we're in clearly going to be on the downside of even of this Omicron, which spreads all around. Mm -hmm. I know. And I'm not saying that people aren't getting it. People aren't suffering. Who knows? That may have been what I had or you had or whatever. But but um, it it does not require these draconian measures. Everybody knows it. Everybody. Everybody knows it. So something else is clearly, clearly going on. Maybe we should call it mass insanity, because remember the definition of an insanity, trying to do the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Exactly what it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're going to take a break for just a second. And after this, we're going to talk about who's most susceptible to mass formation. Long ago, God declared his redemptive plans for the world he created. Unfortunately, most people have ignored these plans. Now, as the end draws near, believers and non-believers are being irresistibly drawn to the celebration of the biblical feasts which outline God's plan of redemption for mankind and the world. If you found yourself curious about the biblical feasts and you want to know how and why Christians celebrate these holidays, read Declaring the End from the Beginning, Our Past and Future Revealed in the Biblical Feasts. In this book, author Kathy Martirosian delves into the history and culture surrounding the biblical feast days of ancient Israel, as well as how Yeshua, our Messiah, has fulfilled four of these holy days in the past and how he will fulfill the other three when he returns. Visit TorahTalk21.com to purchase Declaring the End from the Beginning, our past and future revealed in the biblical feasts. Okay, so welcome back. 
So we said we're going to talk about this, and um, what we're going to uh, be looking at next is who's most susceptible to mass formation and who's most likely to resist it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, um, what I've read is that in any given mass formation s- uh, situation, there's about 30% of the people who are full-on part of it. Okay? Right. There's about 30 who... Um, Okay, I'll just go along to get along. I don't really believe in all of this, but it's just so much easier not to have to fight. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, exactly. There's that 30%, and then there's about 30% that actively, actively resist it. Mm -hmm. Okay? We know what we part know what we're part at. of that. We're always part we're, of that resistant part, Gary. I, I think I think it's there's something said about you know the the broad is the way of to, to destruction. Yes. So I think I'm okay with the idea of being in the in the minority. In the or minority and the, the resistant, the remnant. resistant part. I was yeah. listening uh, on the radio. I think it was on Glenn Beck's program, and they uh, they he had a little segment about the Joe Rogan effect. Okay, because yeah. Joe Rogan's had so much impact on so many people. And uh, when he had gotten COVID and he did the, I think, the hydroxychloroquine, the ivermectin and all of that stuff. And um, uh, and basically he was going and he's not like super stalwart conservative or anything like that, you know, like we are or, you know, with faith in the same way that we do or anything like that. But, you know, he's just like, okay, wait, stop. (laughs) This is mass insanity. There you go. And Mm -hmm. it's a. uh, on, 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 on Glenn's program, on Glenn Beck's program, they said something about, it's like, you get up to the edge of the cliff and then you go, I'm not going over this cliff. Right. And if you open your eyes and look around, you see all these other people who aren't going over either. And sometimes you might be surprised. This is why I said, you might be surprised to who's standing with you. So sometimes we, there's been uh, people in the news and we're like, Oh, Okay, yeah, so yeah. they're not going to go along with this insanity. Okay, that's true. You know, um, I read uh, Elon Musk's comments exactly. uh, surprised me uh, yes. and, and pleased me that he would a man of his position would be one of those who say, "Whoa, Whoa. time out here, Whoa. something's going so on." So then you got to look mm. and you got to say, "Okay, so what is the condition or whatever? What mm-hmm. who is the, who who are these people?" And um, the uh, when I was listening at one time to one of the podcasts, I think this was. I don't know if this was Malone or one of the other ones. He said that the difference could be, could be, in those who find their stability or their identity by being part of a crowd, Mm -hmm. and many, many people do. Yes, that's true. And compared to those who find their stability by searching for truth, no matter if it follows a crowd or not. That's excellent statement. Yes. And it's very much in line with what Paul wrote when it comes to the idea of truth, uh, the idea of, uh, in Second Thessalonians um, chapter 2, verse 10, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie and they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, mm. someone might say, what does COVID have to do with unrighteousness? But I'm, my, my, con- my, my uh, focus here is on the love of the truth. I, and, and, and to make your, the, you make your point, I think people are easily deceived and go along with a crowd when they don't have a love for the truth. And if you do, and you and I do, we seek it out. We, I mean, it's like you look have at, to search you, you're for looking it. It for that pearl of great price. Door. Exactly. You know, if you don't make an effort to find truth, particularly in this day and age, because you have to sort through so much garbage. Yes. Right. You have to make a very concerted effort to search out truth. And and I'll give I'll give our audience a hint. If everybody is going one direction, you can probably <laughs> pretty much guarantee that's not where the truth lies. Exactly. It's just the opposite of of groupthink. It's it's we we're we're finding very much in in most examples it, it's the remnant. It's the small group that have 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 searched out the truth and found it, but the crowd is just clamoring for. Or going along to get along, and 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 it's going to lead to and it's a lot, of, and it's a lot of pressure. And I do understand that. Yeah. That's why it's important. That's why we do stuff like what we do to yes. say, okay, you're not by yourself. Exactly. Okay, there's others out there, just like um, 
Elijah was reminded that mm-hmm. there were 7,000 who right. had not bent their knee to Baal. And he thought he was know? alone. And yes. he thought he was alone, but that's, but that's, but we're not alone. The other thing I found interesting was there was a suggestion that um, those who think social status is important are more susceptible. Makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Yes, it does. And this one is really interesting to me. Highly educated mm. are more susceptible. Now, there's a whole probably thing you could go down that as far as highly educated in our liberal school system, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I think I think that's that's the the problem here. It's not that you know. We, I mean, both of you and I have degrees. We right. we're not we're not stupid people by any means, and I and, and I don't I don't think that's being uh, you know proud to say, but. We we have not been subjected to that that brainwashing that exists within our our educational system. Yeah, exactly. Or, and if we have and if we have been exposed, we've been able to see through it. Exactly. Once again, that's only because of the firm foundation. Yes. Okay. That that's it. Now, one thing that one of the doctors noted on the video I was saying is that many of the doctors, scientists, media personalities who are standing against the dominant COVID narrative are of the Judeo-Christian faith. Not all. Okay, I I can't say that for everyone, Mm -hmm. okay? Or, you know, but many of them do claim that foundation in the same way we do and and speak that as their reason that they do stand against it. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's that's common. I've heard that. It's very common. Everywhere from like this uh, Dr. Zelenko, the Orthodox Jewish man, Mm -hmm. very, Mm -hmm. very strong on his faith. And it's his faith that guides him and searching for truth. Amen. Okay. Amen. And so, and well, it should. And well, it should exactly. Um, it's interesting to note, and this is not going to come as surprised anybody in our, our audience, is that the people who are part of mass formation truly believe that what they're doing will save the world. Mm. They absolutely believe it. You just talked about yeah. a great deception. Yeah, you have to be convinced. Yeah, uh, and something but they're greater. very convinced of it. Okay, they're very convinced of it. And the people who encourage mass formation, because there are people who encourage it. Okay, there are leaders at the top. There's somebody encouraging this. They okay, these. they can use it. Right. Um, these are people that they might have. Um, you know, some kind of God complex that they can save the world too. Okay. That that's actually, they're the ones who need to be in charge. Yeah. Okay. That that's true. They believe the ends justifies the means. They believe in the concept. It was Plato's noble lie. Yes. Okay. It's that it's, it's propagating a lie, knowing it's a lie just to achieve some kind of social harmony or to advance an agenda. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that yeah. just happens all, all the, time. the time. All the time. All the time. I mean, it's so much of our politics is based yes. on that it's idea. It's the ends yes. justifies the yeah, exactly. means. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that, that elitist attitude that we know better than you, the masses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, when we talked about being hyper focused, uh, switching back to, to Germany, this was. This was this came up in my book I was reading the um, the IBM and the Holocaust is that the Hitler got the German people so hyper focused on their object the Jewish people and on their strategy getting rid of them that they just like the person who has their flesh being cut into them during surgery mm. they didn't even notice that their lives were being destroyed Great they point. didn't know that they didn't even pay attention to that um, you know because they're getting bombed out. They're getting, you know, it's a horrible, horrible existence. And yet Nazi Germany still kept putting more and more money into the destruction of the Jews rather than the rescuing or the bettering of the lives of their own people. And it just was, it just all kept getting worse and worse and worse. And and nobody could pull back out of that. Right. That's that that blind hatred that develops. But it's all, I think too, it's evidence of, um, and and we probably won't have time to cover a a lot of this in this program, but when I talk about the the evidence of the satanic um, influence on all of this, um, you you, you know, it takes a people, they think they're doing something noble and and his influence there when it comes, in this case, to the Jewish people, destroy the people of God. Uh, it takes over. 
they they place themselves in a position to to like this. Um, the one the one book I'm reading today talks about this like parallel anointing. You know, somebody might think they're they, you know they they were going to church. You mentioned the boxcars going by. You know, they they here they are worshiping God in their churches while the boxcars are going by, and and maybe they hear the screams and moaning of of the Jewish people suffering and ignore them in, in, so that they can worship their God. I mean, this how does this happen? I, and I think we're, it's much deeper than we're able to cover today. Oh. But this mass formation that we've been talking about, I think there's a parallel or, or an, also a, an evil um, um, uh, driving force that is using people when they get to this place where they, they're not using their common sense. They're not, they're not uh, connected to the living God, the creator. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And the enemy is able to, to really use that situation to do his bidding. Is that not any different than, uh, you know, we're, Torah, we're, we're studying the story of Pharaoh mm-hmm. and, 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 and he just kept at it. And he's like, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. And everything's being destroyed. And even his advisors are going, this is, you know, is we nuts. can't, we yeah. can't, we can't fight this anymore. Right. And, and he still was so focused. Right. Okay. He was not letting those people go that he was going to maintain control. There's another key too. He wanted the control. control. Okay. He wasn't giving it up to God. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there's, there's a, there's a lot more we <laughs> could discuss. There's a lot more this. in there. Okay. So it's that same thing that he basically dug his own grave so to speak it's that it's the same concept it's the same concept Mm -hmm. you know um yeah you're right there's so much more we Mm. can say about this but i want to kind of now start gearing toward um you know what are we going to do about this how do you know um how do we how do we deal with this i think it's important to recognize that when they talked about isolation lack of purpose and meaning as being um uh, contributing to mass formation, particularly as related to COVID. I think those are really big problems. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we did lose our social bonds and access to those things that mattered most to us. It's critical that we fight to get all of that back. Yes. Okay. We, we cannot not get together to worship. We cannot not get together for family, um, you know, birthdays and all mm-hmm. of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. We have to fight that. We cannot let that be taken away from us. No. Like the German people had all that stuff taken away from them because they were so super focused. We can't let that happen the, at all. Yeah, that 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 whole they wrapped up in the new normal idea. No exactly. way. Exactly. No way. Exactly. You right. know. So you know what happened. During the pandemic, I'm, I'm reading about this left, right, watching the, you know, the news, major increase in drug use, mm. major increase uh, in suicide among the younger people. Um, Matt Walsh was talking the other day about this increase in, um, um, what did he call it? It's not psychological, emotional problems among children. He goes, it's not that it's an increase in emotional problems caused by the pandemic. It's an increase of these problems, these psychological problems caused by our response to the pandemic. Well, there you go. Okay. That's a good way to put you it. You know, so I was like, yes, that's very, that's very true. So we, we have to fight against this kind of isolation, lack of meaning. We have allowed those in charge and those who are part of mass formation to take our focus off of God. There it is. Okay. We had already kind of taken our focus off of God. Mm. Okay. Which was one of the reasons why we were susceptible. Some people were susceptible. susceptible Yes. Okay. That's true. So, so, you know, because Pew research, you know, their polls have been showing for years that fewer and fewer people are identifying as having any faith. Okay, right. and many, many young people are like, we don't have a faith. But you know what? They always have a faith. Something's going to fill that void. Yeah, that's true. But you know, if again, going back to that relationship, if if your if your faith or your your faith life is based on that gathering with the faithful, you know, and it's 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 really only a social gathering for you, then when you are isolated, you are you are miserable, right? Absolutely. So so again, there has to be a real relationship with the living God so that even when that uh, that gathering mm-hmm. was cut off, you you don't find yourself 
you know, bound in depression. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like I said, there will always be something to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Progressivism offers all sorts of alternative faiths for you. Yes, it does. You know, environmentalism, you know, transgenderism. These are all religions. I mean, that's, you know, in the whole other podcast, but these are all religions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and so there's always something that's going to fill in the gap. You know, I was looking at uh, Bible verses and I love the one that you brought, you brought up earlier. Um, what the, was the love- it? for the truth the love for the truth yeah, I think that's so, so okay yeah. second Thessalonians what yeah, that again um, chapter 2 verse uh, I've read 10 through 12 okay. almost up absolutely appropriate I was looking at mm-hmm. Exodus 23 2 you shall not follow a crowd to do evil mm-hmm. you know being part of a crowd generally speaking is never really a good thing <laughs> it, it, it often leads to well you know the thing about good. the grumbling in the wilderness yeah. okay everybody's grumbling all together right okay the golden calf incident yeah. you know even you know um the 10 spies okay when they yeah. came back the crowds were like it's, it's always the majority and I, I just i just envision the pitchforks and the torches exactly. you know coming yeah, the issue is crucifixion okay yes. it was all like that so yes. once again if the crowd's going for it i think that's a really good Sign. That's what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I think, yeah, if if you uh, if every the the way of destruction is is broad, but the exactly. the, the truth is found, few will find it. I think we we have to be be fearful of that, and and it's it's concerning. But um, I want to be I want to be in the few in the few uh, yeah. oh, for gosh. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, "There's a way that mm-hmm. appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death." Exactly. All right, we're trying so hard to avoid death. Okay, with this pandemic. We are so hyper-focused on that that we're we're rushing toward death in like a hundred other different ways. Exactly. I said right from the beginning that we became so fearful of death we forgot how to live. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I want to try to draw this to a conclusion. Okay. And one psychologist was asked on the video how to combat, combat mass formation. And he said, we must make an alternative narrative available for people. That means we have to tell the truth. Exactly. Okay? The narrative is a lie. Mm. So we have to have an alternative narrative. And he said it's important not to encourage people to go back to an old normal. What right. they need is a new normal, okay? Their old lives were busy with like all sorts of stuff, okay, mm. that were meaningless, superficial, okay? And so it's that old normal that made him susceptible in the first place. I, I totally agree. I, you know, and so, social media, the telephones, everything, everything that, that consumes lives that is not of God Absolutely. is what made them susceptible. You know, um, <laughs> Talk about the idea of real purpose and meaning. You know, I don't agree with everything Rick Warren said, but he had something when he was talking about purpose. Yeah. He was reaching a really deep, you know, hu- mm-hmm. human need, okay, mm-hmm. and core. And I think the key is not, okay, let's take a Facebook quiz to see what our, determine what our purpose <laughs> is. Okay, there's all those stupid quizzes. <laughs> okay. But we've said this before, Gary. It's find God's purpose. What's he doing? And then how can we jump in and become part of it? Absolutely. Again, once again, I you know I always say that only dead fish go with the flow. Um, God's flow is is uh, is the opposite of the world flow, and you have to, you have to turn. I love the the example they use in the in the program Chosen, where the, the fish turns around and goes with God. That's what we all need to do. Yeah, if, if you're not if you're not turned, if you haven't made teshuva, one hundred percent. I mean, one hundred eighty degree turnaround is in order, and 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 go with God, and that's where you will find your. Peace, your joy, and strength—that's the alternative to what we're seeing today. Absolutely, absolutely. I want everyone mm. to not be depressed. I right. want them to be able to see that there are really great things happening too. And it depends on how you look at the situations. We can look at a situation now. We can say God's dividing and separating people to see who will follow and trust Him, and who will follow men and governments. Amen. He's providing opportunities for us to realize that we're not invincible, hmm. but we're strong enough to help someone who's weaker than we are. There you so go. turn to the next person. If they are, are living on lies, we need to be able to help them with right. that, with truth. He's shown us that we're not in control, so we might as well stop anguishing over those things we can't control. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's, hmm. he's showing us who will stand with us and not follow the crowd off the cliff. Yeah, that's that's right. important for us to know. We might not have known that before. He's showing us that we can't can't rely on some things that we took for granted. We must 
rely on him. Amen. That he that's 100%. very clear. And he's giving lots of opportunities uh, for us to love those who hate us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you and I can't be silent, and yeah. everybody knows what we believe, so that's fine. You so know, in the go midst ahead and hate of us. All of this chaos. His restoration of all things is moving forward. His people are coming home, and he's restoring a pure form of worship based on his Torah. That's a reason to rejoice, okay? Amen. Not to be fearful and sad and scared. The antidote to mass formation is obedience to God, honor the Sabbath, celebrate the biblical holidays, pull your neighbor's donkey out of the ditch, <laughs> and most importantly, put your trust in the only source worthy of trust, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Beautifully said. <laughs> now, nothing's stopping God's plans. No. Nothing. It's all going forward, I with wish, or without us. I <laughs> wish more people could realize that. It's, it's going forward, and he is making, he's, he's going to, it will happen. It will Let's happen. Now, the world's going to try to offer you a false purpose, mm-hmm. but don't, you don't have to accept it. Pray that you will have eyes to see and ears to hear what God's saying and doing in the world today. There is so much meaning and purpose for each of us when we seek God's purposes, and he wants you to be part of them. You know, I started off at the beginning of this by asking a question about, would you have saved the Jews? Mm. Okay. But I'm going to end with another question that's even more important. More important. If you could partner with God, would you? Shalom, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time on Torah Talk.